3: Captains, you're listening to episode 266 of Priority One Podcast, your weekly report on all things Star Trek. Available for download and streaming on Monday, April 18th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. And I'm Kenna. And as always, in the recording studio, locked away in the dark, is our chief audio engineer, Winters. Hey, everyone. I love the delay. It was almost (laughs) as if though you were locked away and like...
1: (laughs) No, that would be like... Hey everyone, I'm okay. Help me! Get me out of here! Somebody help
0: me!
3: Well, now we know now we know what what the intro's gonna sound like this week.
1: <laughs> so um, Kenna,
3: what's in store this week?
1: Well, this week we check out a few updates for both the Star Trek film and TV series. Mark and I are looking at some of the new features of Star Trek Online's Season 11.5 launch. In our on-screen segment, Cookie and Elijah are reviewing Riker's chest hair. I mean, they're reviewing the really, really important social commentary presented in the Next Generation episode, Angel One. And later, our graphic artist Henry, a.k.a. Romulan Ale, is back with another fan art review. And as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages.
3: Captains, don't forget to keep the conversation going with us at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast and on Twitter at Priority One Pod. You can also send us an email via incoming at Priority One Podcast.com.
1: Captains, the People's Choice Podcast Awards are upon us, and we need your help to bring home the prize this year. Nominations are now open at podcastawards.com and the finalists are chosen in part based on how many nominations we can get. So if you like what we do here at Priority One, please send in your nominations and get your friends to do it as well. We already know we have the best listeners and now is your chance to prove it.
3: And finally, thanks again to all of our Patreon supporters who keep this show possible from week to week. We've just added a new perk to patrons who donate $8 or more. We've got a way that we can actually watch Star Trek together. And if not Star Trek, maybe something else on Netflix. Visit us at patreon.com forward slash priority one and find out about all the cool perks we have to offer. Speaking of Patreon perks, this week on priority one after hours.
0: One thing that comes to my mind, when was the Romulan war? Can anyone answer that?
1: It sounds interesting to me. I like the idea of exploring something that hasn't been explored before. You know what I think is really funny? Is how the Romulans, like, weren't even going to be the baddies.
0: The, no, the <laughs> problems with the Romulans were um, the military and the Telshiar, Not necessarily yeah, the people's.
3: This unscripted, uncensored. And unedited, recording is available exclusively to our Patreon subscribers.
1: Now let's check out some of the latest news in the world of Star Trek. Join, please, uh, then let's trek it out.
3: When Star Trek Beyond hits theaters on July 22nd this year, some viewers will get a chance to experience it in a very unique way. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Ben Rosenblatt, Producer and head of visual effects at Bad Robot confirmed that they're hoping to produce at least 20 minutes or more of footage in Cinerama Rama Rama Rama, also known as Barco Escape screens. Never heard of Barco Escape? Yeah, neither did I. It turns out theaters are being outfitted with three screens stitched together one in the front, like a traditional theater screen and two on either side, to create a new immersive theater experience. But if you don't get a chance to experience the film in three screens, will you be missing out on very much in the movie? Nah, doesn't sound like it. According to Rosenblatt, quote, when you're on the bridge of the Enterprise you might see additional coverage of the bridge, or you might see the Enterprise coming across the screen and and maybe you'll see more of the attack forces. There are new ships and antagonists that are well-suited to the expanded image, end quote. Unfortunately, Barco, the company leading the way for this new movie-going experience, only expects to have 50 escape-equipped theaters by the time Star Trek Beyond is released in July. Uh, I don't know that I'm I'm super excited about this. What do you think, Kenna? Is is this the wave of the future for the movie theater experience?
1: No, I don't, I, don't, I think that um, you know it, it it's becoming more expensive to to produce films in the cinema to get people to go because we have such good home theater systems and uh, I think they're trying to like provide another gimmick. Maybe I don't get it. I don't really. I don't really get it. It's like it's like trying it's like trying to be VR, but it isn't VR. They might and you might as well just wait until it is VR. And I don't know. Well,
3: that's that's a really good point that you bring up because I, I don't know if you've seen this particular video floating around on social media of the um, of the jet fighter. You're the passenger in a jet fighter, and you can you almost have like a 360 degree view while watching the video. You can click and drag the mouse and and see you all around yeah, you. Yeah, no, I
1: haven't seen that. But go on. <laughs>
3: I believe that that is designed for something like oculus rift and other VR headsets and I think that this is the first step in seeing films take advantage of something like an oculus mm. rift where you can turn your head and, and look at something that you otherwise would be limited to with just a you know screen in front of you
1: I mean let's let's be honest the the goal I mean well not the goal but one of the goals of, of uh, film production should be to get that really immersive experience. And I know there's a there's a big thing, yeah, immersion, that um, of, of the 360 degree video, I think Facebook is doing one or Twitter or Periscope, one of those. So you can film things in like 360 degree video and that's a thing. But, you know, either do it or don't do it. Either like go full 360 or not. And I don't understand the, the three screen thing just seems like an expensive gimmick. Maybe they're testing a concept, but un- unless it's it's moving towards something that's like bigger and awesomer, then uh, I don't I don't see the point. Just make it work on the screen you got. I'm hoping that it'll look good on VR. Like that would be immersive. Yeah, but the, this is gonna it's gonna require
3: a new skill set of cinematography and directing, right? Because. When, when you're watching a movie, your, your focus ha- is, is pretty narrow, mm-hmm. right? You're, 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 or at least we're used yep. to that. We're used to this the our frame of focus being whatever screen is in front of us and, and not having to turn our heads left or yeah. right or up and down. So, and I think this is what they're trying to do with that new movie, um, uh, that new first-person movie, is that this is the first step in that direction Of being able to put on Oculus Rift and look around. But you have to, as a director and as as a cinematographer, you're going to have to adapt to something like that. And make sure that something that is not important to the plot or to the forward motion of the story isn't missed by the viewer. Right. Because they didn't turn their head. So you would have to write in visual cues that would require the watcher, the viewer, to turn. And that's gonna cause create that's gonna that's gonna require creativity. Yeah, it
1: definitely presents an interesting challenge from a film production point of view. But I don't know, the whole thing still unsettles me a little bit. I like having a, a square or a rectangle that I am focusing on. I kind of like that. I say, you know, I don't know. Take an example of the Wrath of Khan. Okay, I love that film. I'm not even sure that I would want to see that in like 360 degree video because that would make me feel like I was there, which is great. You know, oh, it's just like you're there. Only I don't want to be on that ship (laughs) with Khan. I don't want to be, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to feel like I'm like the dork that's standing in the corner while... Well, these people are having an important conversation on the other side of the bridge. That would feel weird to me. I like I like the the feeling of watching it on a screen because that's cool, but I don't I, I like losing myself a little bit, a little bit of immersion, but I don't actually want to feel like I'm physically there. That'd just be weird. So what do you think? Nah. And also you'd be, be teleporting fun. all over the place because okay, now I'm on the bridge with Khan and now I'm on the bridge with Kirk and it'd be weird. I don't know. Well, maybe I'm just old and I like the screen. You still have a black and white television, <laughs> don't you? I do. With bunny With rabbit ears. With ears, yeah.
3: <laughs> well, Captains, if you're interested in finding out more about the Barco Escape Experience, we'll have links in the show notes to theater locations.
1: Well, in addition to updates about the film, we have news about the upcoming Star Trek series coming to CBS All Access in 2017. Devin Ferracci of birthmoviesdeath.com reported that a reliable source has disclosed that the first season of the new Star Trek series will take place after the events of Star Trek The Undiscovered Country and before The Next Generation. Additionally, the show is planned to be a seasonal anthology, meaning that after they tell their post-Kittimer story, the next season could be about post-Dominion War or life on Ferenginar or, well, anything but this does confirm that we are not in the JJ universe, but instead in the prime universe, the one most of us have grown up with. So I'm kind of torn about this.
3: I I understand that Spock and Nero's time jump didn't alter the timeline, the prime timeline. Instead, created a Doc Brown alternate timeline. Timeline, timeline, timeline. So that they're now both coexisting, so to speak. However, lore and story and time travel dynamics aside isn't this a branding nightmare i mean so star trek is already a massive franchise with over 700 television episodes alone right among the series and then 12 soon 13 movies how difficult is it going to be to try to bring in new blood try to encourage potential trekkies it just seems so overwhelming
1: i think it'd be fine it's to be fair it's already so complicated that it'll be just like not really. Well, it kind of is.
3: The only thing that screwed it up was Enterprise because they went, they did prequel. But since everything is prequel now, you can you can say okay, Enterprise is prequel, although it's newer, and people people get prequel. But now it's like, all right, well, so there's the JJ verse, and now there's the prime timeline. So we've so when you watch this, now when you watch this new stuff, even though it's new, and after JJ, it's old. It's old. It's not new. It's old. But it's new. <laughs> it's, I think it'll be fine. Well, it, you're laughing because you know exactly that that's how the conversation is yeah, going to go. No, I know.
1: Yeah, it is. It's new, but it's old. And it happened before, but it hasn't happened yet. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, t- I know. I totally, I totally get it. It is confusing. Um, yeah, but in the same way that Enterprise was confusing. But I think, um, I, I think it, as long as it's set in a, in a, in a universe that already exists, you know, either the JJverse or the Prime Universe, you know, it'll it'll slot in. It'll either make sense compared to the JJverse, or it'll make sense to the Prime Universe. So it, it's not really complicating it too much more. And maybe it'll actually draw some parallels that will help bring everything together. Well, at least, at least that's what I'm hoping. If you start making all kinds of new weird stuff going on, then that could be difficult. <laughs> but, you know, we'll see.
3: Well, that brings us to this week's community question. We now know that the first series will be set post-Undiscovered Country and pre-TNG. But, Captains, what would you like to see as the second series in this anthology television thing?
1: Now, let's get Mark in on the discussion and find out what happened this week in Star Trek Online. Computer, status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Well, Captains, welcome to STO News, where Mark and I look at the big news of the week from Star Trek Online.
4: First up, we have a new limited-time Red Alert that has been added to the game, the Nakul Red Alert. A quick but time-gated mission is available to all players that you may just have noticed around Sector Space. The blog describes it best, stating that...
1: Attention! cool Red Alert!
4: Okay... Joining in as part of a strike force against Nikul Raiders from the future and help unravel the mystery of why time-travelling ships are focusing attacks on our transport convoys. Attention! Nikul Red alert!
0: Alright.
4: The Nikul Red Alert will be available for a limited time for all players level 50 and up. Romulan players must have selected a faction. Players will be directed to an alert when the cool ship appears in sector space. Attention! Nikul Red alert! Simply travel to the Nakul ship and select it to queue for the event.
1: Attention! Nakul red alert! All right, we get it!
4: <laughs> There's a new red alert. They have infested the galaxy. Have any of it has a chance to play? Um, what do we think?
1: Uh, I played it. It's fine. No, actually it was fun. I don't remember that much about it, but I do remember enjoying it and thinking, oh, okay, I'll do this some more.
0: I've played it once um, since it came out.
1: And yeah, it's uh, it's
0: okay. I I liked it. Well, it's a red alert. It's a red isn't it? alert. It, it's apparently, pretty, it's kind of mindless. I, I'm notified an awful lot that it's a red alert. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, for some. For you really some can't miss.
1: <laughs> you can't miss that there's a yeah. red alert. <laughs>
4: yeah. I don't. Know. I know. You took one of the words I wanted to say. Uh, mindless. Yeah. Yeah. It was like they said that they were going for something more dynamic, but dynamic if it just means a bit back and forth.
1: Well, it is slightly more dynamic than a normal red alert. I'll give them that. Um, because you kind of have to protect the convoys and it it changes as you go it's a bit longer than a normal red alert is that just me Mm. more stuff going on well but it's probably
0: on a par with the tholian red alerts uh board red alerts are definitely very quick yeah um so yeah i'd say it's probably uh, a little bit closer to the tholian red alerts they're they're a little bit longer
1: yeah, well, regardless, I think it's fine. I think um, I don't think red alerts are meant to be really in-depth or take a lot of thought. <laughs> I hope not, anyway. Um, they're meant to sort of help give you a bit of extra marks and stuff and make you sort of feel like there's a, an incursion going on. And to that end, I think they've done it, so...
4: And it's a chance to show off the shiny new lot chips.
1: Yeah, you mean to play? Or the people that we're fighting against?
4: Yeah, we're fighting against the new lot chips.
1: Yeah, no, that is kind of cool, actually, because we don't get to do that that much of fighting against those ships. I mean, there is a bit in the uh, featured episode, which we'll come on to in a bit, and that's kind of it. Maybe we'll see them again in the future. Well, undoubtedly, we'll see them again in the future. But yeah, I do kind of like seeing all the different types. Oh, I didn't even realize (laughs) I said that. (laughs) That was totally not intended, but yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that.
0: I'll tell you one thing that I'm a little bit disappointed with, and it's not really about the regular, but it kind of is, that this is the only single-player content in the game that you can get Iconian marks from. Mm -hmm. I was a little bit disappointed that there was nothing put into the game. I mean, you look at every type of reputation mark that we have, there is an adventure zone or a ground battle zone or something somewhere in the game for every type of mark. Except Iconian. And this is the only single player content where you can get Iconian marks. Well, I know you can get some on Kubali Prime, but there's no, as I said, Adventure Zone. You do two missions there, that's it, you're done. And you can do a red alert, and, you know, what do you get? 30 marks or something like that for it, or is it even that? Something.
1: So you're you're excluding queues from that obviously. Yeah. Well, you know, if you can't What we,
0: well, we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, if you can't get a queue to kick off, you need some single player that is content.
4: True.
0: For board marks you have uh Defera, you have new Romulus, you have Nakara Prime. You, I could go on and list all the others. Um, but for Iconia Max there's nothing and this is pretty much it for single player content.
1: I have to say if you are if you're grinding um, this is a pretty solid, quick way to do it. I always do the, the Red Alerts. I usually do the Borg ones. Um, I don't know if they're going to have... Because, um, you know, the, the, the Borg Red ac- Alerts all have accolades, yes. yeah. depending on the yes. sector. So do they have the same for the Nicole ones I as well? I
4: honestly don't know. No, I, can't, like... I
1: can't remember. I'm racking my brain. I can't remember. It'd be cool if they did, because I always love an accolade, and it the Borg ones, it does encourage me to travel a little bit to go and, and get the next one, so... I don't know. I just am thrilled that there's a new red alert in the game.
0: Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. It's great that there is it. a new red alert, but uh, I would have liked if it was a little bit more.
2: Yeah,
4: okay. And going back to what I said before, I'm still if there wasn't an icon in one.
1: Yeah, well, I think was it in an interview we were saying that they wanted to do one, but it just kind of never worked yeah. out. That's right. Yeah, I think everybody wanted one. I mean, it, yeah, we're not going to retread history. Uh, sorry. Anyway, moving on, shall we? One of the central pieces of the season 11.5 launch is the new featured episode Temporal Front, and as we would expect with the mid-season launch, this episode marks a turning point in the future-proof story arc, and one that is sure to lead us into the content for the rest of this special Star Trek anniversary year. So I'll try not to spoil anything here, as many of our listeners may not have played the episode yet. We start off by being asked to attend the inaugural Alliance Summit on New Romulus, a meeting of the most influential minds from the major factions in the galaxy. Now, we've been specially invited, owing to our personal experience both with the destruction of the Nakul Star by the Tholians, and the other events leading up to the disruption of the Temporal Accords at New Kittimer. But there is intrigue afoot at the summit, not everyone is who they say they are, and tragedy strikes. With the help of Temporal Agent Captain Walker and the USS Pastak, we head off in search of rogue elements set to disrupt the timeline and stop the Federation and the Alliance from coming into power. Now, this is a tense episode that's clearly designed to set us up for future stories. We as players are being led to be less warrior-like, as we may have been during the Iconian War, and more agent-like. We're more focused on strategy than brute force this time, and from the way the episode ends we're going to see us traveling across time and space in order to stop the Nakul. Some elements I particularly like from this episode. There's branching dialogue that really gives the player a feel of having a choice of response, including special options for diplomacy and class-specific answers for tactical engineering and science. The artwork of the new Nakul ships is beautiful and feels both otherworldly and futuristic. And in fact, the artwork in general has some nice touches. Be sure to notice the fish tank on New Romulus, I particularly like that. And finally, there's a real sense of this story leading into the next few episodes. I hope there's more than one, actually. And where so far Future Proof has been taking a while to get established, I'm finally starting to feel excited for the climax and eventual conclusion of the arc. But, enough of the story, what about the rewards? As with other featured episodes, each week players will be given the choice of an enhanced universal tech upgrade or spec point. And I'd recommend taking the spec point here as the new strategist specialization is turning out to be pretty nice. And in this first week, players will also be rewarded with the Federation President O'Keg's elegant jacket, a nice iridescent formal jacket and Nakul Temporal Operative Armor. This armor is part of a set with the week 2 and 3 rewards. The two-piece bonus increases critical chance and damage in ground combat, and the three-piece grants players the ability to place Nakul Crawler Mines. So just to sum up, it looks like this will be a three-week featured episode with the new week starting on April 21st and 28th, and ending just in time for that big sneaky announcement on the 5th of May. Ooh. <clears throat> Ooh. you guys played it yes obviously yep. yeah yeah you have yeah okay so spoiler free what did you guys think it
2: was
0: alright yeah it was it was okay um one part that stuck out in my mind was uh, uh, boarding a certain ship and uh-huh. uh, mm-hmm. I just thought that that was a very big empty room I mm. think
1: it's the same thing. Yeah. I was like, yeah.
0: man, c- this needs some consoles. Or wow. Something. It, it was just a big, something. big empty room. Three minute delay between shouters. <laughs> yeah.
1: What? Crossing time zones. What did you say? Sorry. Warp what now? <laughs> I'll push the button. Yeah. Wrong button. <laughs> do you know what it reminded me of? Push Stevie, Push the button. <laughs> it reminded me of like. Do you remember Pinocchio? <laughs> The Disney film. It reminded me of, like, the inside of Monstro.
4: Okay, I was wondering where you were going with this tangent.
1: The the giant whale, right? That's what it reminded me of, is, like, the the, the mouth or the stomach of a giant whale. (laughs) Space whales, you know, is a thing. Anyway.
4: (laughs) Anyway, moving on (laughs) to patch notes, and there have been multiple patches last week to go with the update, and the consequential let's fix things. For the main event, which was season 11.5, other than systems we have previously covered, the skill update, Rongan Admiralty, Strategist, Visual Slots, we have some of the following. Now, we've only picked out a few, but there are many, many, many more. If you haven't already checked them out, check out the massive amount of notes that there have been. As always, the link will be in the show notes. Generally, many crash issues have been resolved. I know, Kenna, you're a little bit of a fan of the Chemocyte Least weaponry. So, some issues have been revolved there. Revolved an issue that was preventing sight leased Weaponry from landing critical hits. The ability's chance to crit is now equal to the character's base crit value. Resolved an issue that was preventing Kemosite-leased Weaponry benefit from any plus damage modifiers. Basically, Kemosite Weaponry has benefited from plus damage to modifiers, including natural modifiers that are gained with your level. To compensate for this, the base damage values have been reduced to 66% of their previous values. At level 50, this results in no change when not wearing any gear or using any damage-enhancing abilities, and now scales up with both or either.
1: So they've done some stuff to site and... yeah. Yeah.
4: The duty officer that used to improve Abandoned Ship has been rebuilt. The new functionality ties in with the new Threatening Stance. Speaking of that ability, it has replaced Abandoned Ship. Threatening stance, when the ability is toggled on, outgoing threat generation is increased making enemies more likely to attack the player instead of other targets. Also when damaged, players have a chance to gain an increased maximum hull for a limited amount of time. This effect can stack, when the ability is toggled off, threat generation is unmodified.
1: Hey, can we talk about this for a second? Because I pretty much always am like minus threat. Like nobody noticed me. Yeah, I'm just gonna sneak in the up. I'm just gonna sneak up and shoot you with some stuff. And uh, <laughs> I I do have a couple of uh, embassy plasma consoles, and they are minus threats. And I'm like nobody noticed me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I tried out a bit uh, flying with threatening stance on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of fun.
4: Yeah, it is. I mean, it, it, I it actually feels appealing. me healing.
1: I can't exactly put my finger on why it's more fun, but it does make me feel like a badass, and everyone comes after me. It's quite fun. Because, so. le-
4: because Kenna likes to go Lyra Jenkins! Leroy Jenkins!
1: <laughs> Leroy Jenkins. But, uh, eh, no, I don't actually, and this is why it's a bit interesting to me. I love the fact that you can toggle it on and off, so theoretically you could uh, strategically turn it on at certain points in a battle and then turn it off again and then go sneaky sneaky behind some people? I don't know. Um, We'll see. And we'll also have to see whether I actually ditch my minus threat consoles and go turn around and go plus threat. Now that'd be interesting.
4: That would be interesting. Yeah. So moving on a little bit, the amount of hit points, shields, speed and turn rate gained from skill bonuses no longer scales up based on ship tier has remained consistent across all tiers of starships. Now, I picked this out. This was quite interesting. Just kind of a slight difference because I know when I first logged in and I went what has happened to my hull strength? I have lost a small ship out of my aft. Well, that's unfortunate. And that was unfortunate. But moving on again, the crew mechanic has been removed. Um, all in. Yay. Yay! The thing that was
1: at
4: the bottom. I kind of missed that little space. Though, uh, I hated just that. it's now right at the bottom of my screen.
1: Yeah, I I used to notice it when if I if I ended up in a particularly long battle and then especially if you die a couple times like your crew ends up being tiny and then you just can't heal yourself and it's really frustrating and then you feel like you have to sit out on the outskirts of a battle for ages to let your crew rebuild to get the you know to get your um, regeneration back up and it was annoying. And unnecessary, so. Yeah, it's gone. Sorry, but. um, (laughs) It was never something that
0: I uh, passed any. uh, You know, I never paid any attention to it, and um, I knew that it was gone, and to be perfectly honest with you, uh, I didn't even notice it missing when I was uh, playing on Tuesday when season 11.5 came out. I'd never even noticed it missing because I never paid attention to it anyway.
4: Alright, all energy weapons now benefit from unified ranged drop off mechanics. So starting at two kilometres, the further out you are between beams and cannons, it's now unified that you will experience up to a 60% base damage. 50. At 10 kilometres. Is it 50? 50, not 60. Nick, right, because I got this in the past it said 60. This change unifies oh, the mechanic by improving cannon weapons, which previously lost up to 60% of their base damage. Yes. Pre- at 10 kilometres. Previously. Oh
1: yeah previously There's and 50%. now it's 50% beams or um whether it's yeah. beams so or it's cannons which 15. should um level those out a bit which is good it's, like, it's still kind of annoying cannons are still end up being a little bit worse cuz you have that greatly reduced firing arc but it means that you know, for good pilots that don't mind the firing arc, uh, you now really you can choose between cannons or beams depending on what you feel is. I, better. I was glad to see this change for because you. my main
0: ship is uh, the T6 Defiant or Valiant, and I use cannons on it. So mm. um, basically, I was getting a little bit of a buff there, um, and I always thought that beams and cannons should be on a par because, um, you know, cannons, as you mentioned, there, can you are. Restricted to a smaller fire now compared to beams. Um, so it didn't make any sense to me to have a higher drop off at uh, 10 kilometers compared to beams. So I'm really glad to see that change coming. So
4: moving on, with the foundry, new assets have been added, but as per each release, the foundry will be turned off for the time being. They have added an indicator flash to the HUD when a reputation project has a pending reward. Yay!
1: Can I just say thank you, thank you, thank you to Cryptic? Because how many times have you gone in there and realized that you've got, like, four reputation projects that are just sitting I there for, and I have been to for say, days? I about some for days at some point. <laughs> that you forgot about?
0: There's something else, actually, that um, I, I didn't notice in the patch notes, but if you are level 20 in your R&D, they have now removed the option of running more research projects, which was absolutely fantastic, Ooh. because I'm level 20, in all schools, oh, yeah. and I'd be Show off. you know like making tech upgrades or something, and I go on autopilot, and I end up putting up a research project. I think it was a waste of a slot, and I was you know that was it. It was chewed yeah. up for twenty hours,
1: <laughs> and you're stuck there. So yeah. uh, if you're level twenty now, <laughs> the oh, uh, dear.
0: research projects are taken away because you cannot progress any further than level twenty. So that was a nice change as well that I seen that came in last little bit of an update that we've pulled out before some known issues added
4: eyeshadow as an option for male Vulcan, Klingon, Romulan and Remans fabulous darling, maybe they're going after a bit of that MAC makeup themselves
1: just imagine (laughs) emo Vulcans they could do the black hair and the the eye makeup makeup. leave me (laughs)
4: alone my planet was destroyed so the known issues that we have, the button to acknowledge a failed admiral mission, states collect rewards on the view details tab The assignments to recruit Romulan bridge officers don't appear. Shield technician makes your shields show up when cloaked. Oops, fire that bridge officer. And selecting Ready Starship in the ship selector is not moving slotted items over to the ship for some players. Uh,
0: Another issue, and uh, this is known by the devs because I've uh, actually tracked this down on the forums, but uh, any fleet that has 100 characters in it or more cannot invite any more characters into the fleet and that is a known issue as well because I've seen a reply from one of the devs about it and it is really really annoying and I hope that they get that one fixed very very soon because yeah, yeah. if you've got 100 characters or more in your fleet you can't invite anybody else and I know personally we've got people who want to bring their characters in since uh, the release of 11.5 and they can't
1: well, and think about new players who want to join an established fleet. That makes it very difficult yeah, for them to nice. be able to yeah. do that.
4: But what did we generally think of the launch of Season 11.5 as a whole?
1: It's pretty solid. <laughs> no, I'd say it's pretty solid. Um, I don't... Uh, there are a lot of very small quality of life improvements that we you know we already talked about which is great it's just adds a little bit of finish and polish which i really appreciate i like the new skill system a lot i my personal damage output has really increased and okay i do like my dps numbers but mostly it's because it makes the game easier for me when i'm playing story missions and stuff so i like the fact that i personally have got a better results after having done the skill system over again that's true i went from like 30k dps to like nearly 50 so yikes um i also spec'd into the new strategist secondary specialization which a lot of it is around crit chance and crit damage and that i think has helped a lot so i'm liking that lots of new choices and new things to do i liked the featured episode obviously Um, but other than that it wasn't you know it wasn't mind-blowing or huge or anything like that but I think it was a really solid release so two thumbs up for me I'm kind
0: of on the fence with the season release now I get that the skill tree revamp was a huge undertaking it really really was and it seems to be generally very well received by the community from what I can see anyway Um, but uh, I, I think it maybe lacked in some other areas compared to some other season releases like I mentioned earlier um, you know a, a red alert for or an adventure zone for getting Iconian max. I mean if they had just got that extra little bit in I think it would have made a big difference for me because um, it, it just felt like well there was for one an awful lot of bug fixes uh, in this season release actually we had um, a couple of new things like the skill tree revamp the new um Campaign for Admiralty, the new.
1: Oh yeah, Rod, yeah M- the new, uh, specialization. Yeah, I didn't mention that. But
0: um, there was also a lot of bugs that came through uh, in the release as well. Mark, you were saying something about yeah. um, the inventory. There was a problem with your inventory. Earlier. Oh yeah,
4: when I when I logged in first uh, the inventory, it was I couldn't collect anything because of the overflow bag, and it was doubles of like trebles I already had. Right. And the name, um, was it the Nakura Pirate Summon? Right. There was just all of this extra stuff. I'm going, I already have it. Right. Why is it here again?
0: Yeah, I was having similar issues, and I know a lot of other people yeah. have as well. There, there seems to be an awful lot of bugs that sort of creep through in this release. And funny enough, there was an awful lot of bug fixes in the patch notes for the actual season as well. Oh, yeah. I was just so surprised to see so many bugs actually made yeah. it through. Um, but yeah, the. I, as I said I'm on the fence uh, the skill tree revamp very very good I know it was a huge undertaking but um, it, I think other season releases even though it's only a 0.5 um, probably were a little bit had a bit more content in it um, and I think that's probably also because this is what the first pretty big decent thing we've had this year aside from the anniversary yeah. event there's there's been nothing. There's been one featured episode and the anniversary event.
1: Yeah, but but here's, here's my theory, rampant speculation, as I love to do. I think there's a lot more going That's on behind the see. scenes. There's um, a lot more
4: coming. Than yeah,
1: so, yeah, I mean, okay, we know there's something coming on the 5th of May. The end of the Temporal Front, this episode, it totally leads into a whole lot more stuff going on and some of the bugs that we've been getting are in systems that are like mm-hmm. what the the inventory bug is like what the fleet bug is like what what are they what are they poking around in And the back end that's making fleets get messed up so i i don't mind i'm i'm willing to overlook it because the content that's come out is good that'll keep me busy for a while 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 those other things get yeah, fixed yeah i, I, I thought there there is
0: something a big comment as well. Uh, I have my own theories on what possibly is going to be on the 5th, but I suppose we just have to wait and see.
4: Well, that actually is a nice segue into the last bit of news that we have on potential upcoming content and stuff. Um, In a recent interview with Massively OP, Steve Ricosia added a little more detail on the potential links between game and the new TV show coming at the start of 2017. Stating in the article. Mm. Last but not least, it's impossible to run Star Trek online without thinking about the new upcoming series in the franchise. Ricosa confirmed that the developers are in communication with CBS about participating and supporting the show and the game in both directions, though it's too early to talk about the details. Now if you do want to check out the whole article, we will like in the show notes. But as discussed in it out, we have an idea what the show might be, as in more of an anthology style, meaning we could get multiple timelines. This does beg the question, will Star Trek Online Stories see some on-screen time, like the sci-fi show Defiance? If you remember that show, it tied in with an MMO. How successful or not you want to talk about that, that's for another discussion. Will the show impact on future stories of the game? Is this why we have time travel so readily available to us now? What do we think? Possibly.
1: I, yeah, I'm, I'm I staying know. weirdly silent. I don't want I don't want to guess. I just want to kind of see what happens. I would love it if there is some kind of tie-in with the game and the TV series because one of the best things about Star Trek Online, hands down, is the fact that you get to feel like you're participating in the Star Trek universe. And if they could find a way... For us to participate in the same universe the same timeline that the new series is coming like how cool would that be I mean I don't know how they could do it I don't know well, but I would love it if they could. i have
4: seen them getting voice actors in the game who's to say they're not going to get the the cast of the new show before it launches and do like a one off mission record some voiceover. like to go yeah. with the launch or something now that would be awesome
1: hmm maybe yeah i mean we are set in, a, in in the far future compared to anything we've seen mm. on screen before so we would have to have a bit of time travel shenanigans and i kind of get your point about hmm is this why we have time travel i think it probably isn't i think it's coincidental no. but it could be a vehicle it could be so that brings us to this week's community question How would you like to see Star Trek Online be represented on screen or have it influenced by the series? Now, Again this week, in an effort to bring you some of the news and comments from PWE and Cryptic that aren't officially announced in the blogs, here's the latest comments pulled from the DevTracker, forums and the Twitterverse.
4: Jeremy Randall aka Borticus Cryptic posted in the forums in response to Lagnuad, who questioned the use of shield weakening as a tactical skill in the new skill tree. The names of skills have to thoroughly reflect what they do, mechanically. Players who don't have a complete understanding of the game need to be able to make an educated guess as to what a skill does based in name alone. Shield weakening was chosen because it directly opposes shield hardness, and because shield softening was determined to be an inferior choice.
1: I, I want them to do shield softening. <laughs> and
4: Ty, I don't know why, I just...
1: I just think it's funny. I just like the idea that makes it. Because, you know, whenever anybody comes across like a shield in Star Trek, it's like really hard and like, ah, you get shocked. And I just like the idea that it's kind of like soft. You. Cozy. Soft, shield, furry. Shield. <laughs> you tricks off Exactly. Paper. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
4: 9 out of 10 captains
1: in reply to at loot critter who tweeted thank you to at bordicus cryptic and team for making this a cooperative effort jeremy randall at bordicus cryptic tweeted and a special thank you to all the triple testers that gave their efforts to make this a successful feature and of course he's referring to the skill tree revamp
4: Jeremy Randall at Bortus cryptic also tweeted, "I wonder how many words I've written so far about season 11 point five like if you measured it like a writing exercise thing a la NaNoWriMo.
1: yeah, you've probably almost written as many words as we have." <laughs> <laughs> And lastly, before we wrap up Star Trek Online news, here are some upcoming events to look forward to.
4: We have a listening Weekend from the 21st to the 25th of this month, and an Item Upgrade Weekend following that from the 28th to the 2nd of May, just in time for that teased 5th of the 5th event.
1: As always, events are subject to change without notice. Make sure you check the in-game calendar or listen in here at Priority One Podcast for the latest news and updates from Star Trek Online.
4: Now let's check in with Cookie and Elijah to see what's on screen
3: on screen
5: hello captains i'm cookie and i'm elijah and joining us this week is kenna welcome kenna hiya folks this week we're reviewing angel one written by patrick barry and directed by michael rhodes this episode first aired january 25th 1988
3: in this episode, Riker gets to flex his diplomatic pectorals in an effort to rescue survivors of a freighter that's been missing for seven years. And only now, the Enterprise is sent to investigate. In the meantime, we're proven, once again, that children in classrooms are germ-infested petri dishes. After a field trip, Wesley and his friends bring back a nasty virus that smells like Klingon perfume. Hmm? Whatever that smells like. And, if there wasn't enough urgency, the Romulans are showing some force in the neutral zone, and the Enterprise has been ordered to lay a smackdown. Except the episode will end before that conflict continues. Can Beverly find a cure? Will Geordi crash the Enterprise onto the planet? Can Riker's chest hair prevent intergalactic conflict?
5: Here are some fun facts. This is the first Next Generation episode that mentions the Romulans... This is also the first episode where Geordie LaForge takes command of the ship. This only happens one other time in the episode, The Arsenal of Freedom. Leonard John Crawfitt, the main manslave, Trent, later played Data's daughter, Lol. Well, that was before she chose her gender and identity, when she was in that odd Academy Award-shaped form, which that was the episode, The Offspring. Did you also notice the difference in the Prime Directive in this episode? In previous episodes, the Prime Directive was only to apply to pre-warp civilizations, which was modeled after the original series. But starting with this episode, Gene Roddenberry rewrote the Prime Directive to mean total non-interference of the affairs of other species, regardless of the warp capability.
3: Wait a minute. No fun facts from Will Wheaton?
5: <clears throat> this He stopped doing his thing. His His little podcast, which you can find if you Google it. I don't even know where it is, but... His podcast only went up to, um, I don't remember where it stopped, but I can't find any more of it. He kind of started a podcast commenting on all the episodes, his viewpoints, and then he just quit doing it.
3: And then he shut up? Yep. (laughs) So, Kenna. Yes? Now that you're with us, why don't you tell us what you thought of this particular episode?
1: Well, I mostly thought it was interesting for the costumes. And I say that to appear really intellectual when actually all I mean is biker's chest. Um. <laughs>
3: Wait, what? Oh, again?
1: <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Okay, so this is a matriarchal society and it was kind of trying to have some commentary about what a matriarchal society would be like, and also to provide some insight about our own arguably patriarchal society. And one of the key tenets that they kind of address is the fact that they make all of the men... I'm not sure if it's actually forced or whether it's just a societal pressure, uh, but they kind of make all of the men dress in a provocative way. Um, <laughs> And there's one scene that I just particularly love and will always stick with me, where Riker gets dressed up in the traditional Angel One male uniform and kind of reveals himself, both literally and figuratively, to Deanna. He presents himself. Yeah. (laughs) But you get this, this amazing scene with him kind of coming out of the dressing room to... Tasha and Deanna, and they are just in fits of giggles because basically, <laughs> for those of you who haven't seen the episode, it's this kind of sort of drapey gown thing with lots of, you know, straps around the legs and it's a bit iridescent and then and and basically an exposed nipple just on one side, <laughs> just on one side, just yeah. the left nipple <laughs> and quite a lot of chest hair. <laughs> and I just it's just perfect in every way. That's basically what I took away from this.
3: That was it. That was the takeaway from this episode. Well, no, no, well, Riker's pectorals. Basically. His fuzzy pecs. I'm trying to
1: make it so that it sounds like I've got an intelligent commentary. I mean, well, what they were trying to do is this sort of look, turning the, the patriarchal society on its head and make it a matriarchal society. I'm not really sure we got any particular, you know, deep insights but it was a bit of fun to see to play with that and and um, to make all of the women be in the positions of power and uh, basically the the leader is more or less abusing her position of power to get in bed with Riker um, and <laughs> all of those little things they add up sadly what ends up happening is that it ends up being enjoyable and kind of funny and silly rather than a serious look at those kind of issues, but you know, I'll I'll let it pass because, you know, Riker's chest hair. It's fine. So, is Riker to you like Data is
5: to me? I think probably. Mm, Yeah. Then I get why you like this episode. Yeah.
3: It's like last week's episode with Data's buttocks. (laughs) Yeah. That you didn't notice.
5: Well, because it wasn't attached.
3: (laughs) So what did you think of the episode, Cookie?
5: Well, a planet run by females that treat men as second-class citizens, slaves even. Only in Star Trek! I'm not going to pre- Actually, that would not only be in Star Trek, but... I'm not going to pretend I'm not in some way intrigued by this idea, but I much prefer the equal status of both genders that is usually common in most of the races, except for, like, the Ferengi and some other ones. It is funny to see all the tiny little men running around. I don't know how they casted that. I wonder how. That would have been a funny casting call. But that's probably the whole reason why the leader, Beata, didn't want those Federation refugees to stick around. Because then they'd make big strong man babies, ruining the status quo and maybe taking over someday. I mean, I understand her fears, but I'm glad she came to her senses because it would have been pretty stupid to kill them all just for being different. It was nice to see Jordy in control of the ship for a short time, even if the circumstances were not ideal, because everybody was, like, dying of the sickness. Not dying, but everybody was pretty sick. I really like Jordy, and I like seeing him in different situations, especially this one, although nothing really happened besides Worf sneezing, so it wasn't all that exciting. I don't know. The ship part was boring on this episode. I didn't really care about it. All the action was down on Angel One. Oh, yeah. Especially the scenes with Riker and Beata. (laughs) We should start counting the proverbial notches on the bedpost to see how many times that happens in this series. Unless if you know Kenna. Uh, No, I don't. I think it's probably too many to count. I haven't (laughs) got that many fingers and toes. And I couldn't tell if Deanna was jealous or not. She was hiding it pretty well. But Tasha seemed really interested in what he was doing and his outfit and everything.
1: She seemed more interested than Deanna did. Well, we know that Tasha, you know, can get down. Yeah. Yeah, we do.
5: Well, what about you, Elijah? What did you think of the episode? Well, I, you know, I honestly don't know that the role
3: reversal was strong enough. It, but then again, it was the 80s, so pro- I guess I guess it was pretty um, in-your-face for that time period. Of particular note to me was when Beata turns to the short dude after Data offers assistance and says,
1: Our library is far too sophisticated for a man to comprehend.
3: I am an android mistress. Though anatomically, I am a male.
5: Maybe you could teach our males a thing or two.
3: It's definitely something that has been said to women, to to immigrant workers. It was just so demeaning. But yet, you know that that is said to somebody at least once a day somewhere in the United States, or if not around mm-hmm. the world, some type of demeaning comment that way, uh, in that mm-hmm. way. So, I, I thought the episode was a little bloated as well. You know, honestly. There was way too much going on between what was happening on Angel One, then the virus on the ship, and then this Romulan threat. This Romulan threat that we never—I don't—is it? Do we even? Are there Romulans in the next episode? Does the episode continue? Is it like? No,
5: I don't think there's any Romulans in the next episode.
3: No. So it it just—it kind of just—it's just there, you know, teasing us about this potential conflict, and we never hear about it again. So you know, I did feel that it was a little bloated, and it might have been bloated because they were afraid of having pushed that gender topic or that gender re- gender reversal uh, in such a way. Maybe they were afraid of, it, and they're like, oh, let's let's, let's just add more, and, and if it backlashes on us, we'll just say, no, no, it was about the virus, no, no, it was about the Romulans. The virus from
5: the Snowball. Oh.
3: Okay, all right, so <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna settle this once and for all. <clears throat>
5: they got the virus from the Snowball.
3: They did not. Get the virus. Because the snowball
5: contained from the, snowball. the the um, holodeck juices that was making that smell. Holodeck okay? juices? They didn't get it from Wesley or whatever. They got it from the actual holodeck juices that was coming the smell from there. So if you smell the smell, then you have the thing.
3: Dr. Crusher says in the episode that the virus got on board after a, a class trip to some planet.
5: From the holodeck. No. Yes, it was didn't a class take a trip. A class trip to the holodeck. No, it was a class Wesley trip to the holodeck his... in the snow. That's when no, it, that it got it. No, that was
3: not what she was saying. You're just doing this. No, to I'm get not. It wild if they up. went.
5: It was the class trip, the ski trip. They didn't and they take went a to class the holodeck. trip.
3: Wesley and his and his friend just were hanging out, taking a, a, a ski trip lesson. It was you class. You can't get trip. a
1: virus from the holodeck. Sure, you can. It was the smell no. thing? No! You can, absolutely you can. Okay, we need to smell. somebody didn't it the wall. It. it would be unlikely, but I'm absolutely positive you could replicate a virus. How can- no, no,
3: no! Yeah. You can't replicate a vi- you can replicate a vi- you can replicate in a replicator. Yeah. Some, some, you know, biomatter, but the holodeck is not biomatter. The holodeck is just photons.
1: No, because we've had this discussion on previous episodes of Priority One Podcast that we think that the holodeck is made up of a combination of, like, holograms and replicated material. And so if there's if there's replication-y stuff going on there, yeah, why not? I mean, I, I don't think it'd be the normal mode of operation.
3: Because, all right, hold on. Salkinar says you can die on the holodeck. Why not a virus? Because you can die on the holodeck when safety protocols are... are t- um are taken down and you shoot or stab somebody First of all why are we having this conversation when Beverly Crusher said that they got it from a field trip Because it was a
5: field trip to the Holodeck No it, yes, wasn't. it was
3: I'm oh, I am oh god I'm putting I'm pulling up the episode I, right I
5: need to I need to rewatch this You pull it up they said it was a, a field trip point. It was a class trip to the Holodeck and they went no, on the snow. It wasn't. And that's how you're it just, started. You're stuck on the because... holodeck
3: in the class trip to the ski thing because of Wesley and his little friend.
5: Yeah, that was the class trip.
3: His little minority nice. friend, mind you, that we'll never see again. Oh my
1: god.
5: <laughs> because how many oh. times has there been holodeck malfunctions
1: where this type of stuff happens like, like every like holodeck all episode the time ever. Yeah. Yeah, but that's only in like the transporter. Right, but and that's how they got the biofilter
3: didn't pick up on it because it's some kind of a first of all, there was a whole first First of all, if a virus travels through scent, it means it's airborne. Therefore, she didn't detect an airborne virus. What is, what a? we, oh, it travels through scent. Scent means it's airborne.
1: <laughs> it's true. I, That's true.
3: Mint. Oh my God. I need to, hold on, oh. hold on. Sickbay to Captain Crusher. Picard here. Wesley and one of his friends have contracted some form of respiratory ailment. A respiratory ailment? Is it contained? I hope so. I've isolated the twelve students. Twelve students who were on the wait, wait for it. I have to rewind. They were on the KwaZulu eight field trip.
5: Yeah, that's in the holiday.
3: Go to the beginning no, when not. Wesley tells.
5: When Wesley's oh talking God. to his friend about it, he says where they're go- what they're going to do, and it matches up. Yeah, with he's that. just
3: taking a ski trip. It's a holiday. It doesn't Listen, say planet. It. Does it? No, you're just doesn't say planet. Quasi- it doesn't okay, say planet. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm going to now memory alpha. In several students from the USS Enterprise became infected with a dangerous violet vi- virus.
5: Oh, oh, what does it say? Read it. Keep reading. Keep reading, Elijah. Mm. Out loud. Share.
3: Share with the yes, class. Doesn't make any sense to me. Is he one of the major. No, no, no,
5: no mumbling. <laughs> Read it out loud for everyone <laughs> to hear.
1: Enunciate, Elijah. <laughs>
3: According to Memory Alpha, in 2364, several students from the USS Enterprise-D became infected with a dangerous virus in a holodeck simulation of KwaZulu-8. Okay. The students subsequently introduced the virus to the Enterprise, disabling almost the there entire you go. crew.
5: Good job, Elijah. You could have read it with more you know, emphasis, but that's okay. <sighs> more energetic
1: yeah and do you know what if that virus is like indigenous to KwaZulu eight or whatever then the holodirk was absolutely correct in replicating that virus but as i was saying before can can we talk about my favorite scene though i don't know i, I kind of like this subject a little <laughs> bit elijah
5: what about you you want to talk about it a little more I'm <laughs> over it. do it
1: okay
3: i was wrong you were right
1: <gasps> we're recording right awesome so can we talk about my thing that i was just okay, okay satisfied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. my favorite absolute favorite moment in this not a particular scene i mean i already said what my favorite scene was but uh, the moment when uh riker comes out of the dressing room and tasha and diana just start giggling i absolutely love it because you watch it and i i just think those women are not acting <laughs> That is genuinely Marina Sirtis and Denise Crosby descending into fits of giggles, yeah. and it's one of the that's most true genuine reactions to anything that I think you ever see <laughs> in Star Trek. I just think I it's brilliant. They, yeah,
5: I wonder if they had him like not show anybody what it looked like until the scene was filmed. It's like the big so, reveal.
1: Yeah, I like to believe that that's what happened. Yeah, probably.
5: You're probably right. Yeah. Do you see that in cosplay very often when you go to cons?
3: Oh, I'm wearing oh, are it for you? Vegas as Excellent. Right? Oh, yeah. oh, yeah.
5: And we could be like
1: Tasha <laughs> and Deanna <laughs> giggling. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: so, uh, so that brings us to our community question this week. Do you feel this episode had way too many stories happening at the same time? What were the Romulans doing in the neutral zone after all? Let us know in the comment section for this episode on PriorityOnePodcast.com.
1: Well, that wraps it up for this week's on-screen review for Star Trek The Next Generation, Angel One. Now let's check in with Henry with another fan art review.
2: Hello, Captains. This is Henry, a.k.a. Romulan Ale, with your Star Trek fan art review. This month... I want to share some great charcoal pencil drawings from Andrew S. of thetalshiartist.tumblr.com. Andrew's Tumblr features great portraits of the cast of Deep Space Nine, TNG, TOS, and Voyager. His series, Nine from Deep Space Nine, is fantastic. It features nine individual portraits of characters from Deep Space Nine, including Esri Dax, Julian Bashir, Miles O'Brien, Worf, Captain Sisko, Garrick, Major Kira, Odo, and Quark. Each drawing is done in charcoal pencil using photos from the various shows for reference. My favorite of this series has got to be the Worf portrait. I love the detail in his armor and the contrast of the dark pools of shadow cast from his brow against the bright white of Worf's fierce eyes. I'm also particularly fond of Andrew's Minimalist series. His drawing of Q is stunning. His work on John Delancey's hair and eyes is amazing. The minimalist style is a really great choice for this character. It reminds me of the episode Tapestry, where Picard is ambushed and stabbed in his robo-heart by Linarians, and Q appears to him as God to teach him a lesson about the rewards of taking risks. I'd like to point out one more thing I really love about Andrew's blog. There are several posts where he shows his work in progress. The portrait of Worf I mentioned earlier is actually featured in another of his posts where we get to see it evolve from a simple sketch into a finished portrait. I think it's great to get insight into how he builds these sketches up on the page. It definitely would help others learning to draw to see his work in progress. Check out Andrew's blog and let us know what you think in the comments. You can find a link to thetalshiartist.tumblr.com ...as well as direct links to the pieces I've discussed here in the show notes. Message coming in, sir.
1: Hailing frequencies. Open. See? We are getting
2: to know each other.
3: Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming transmissions. Last week's community questions were... What's your favorite quote from Galaxy Quest? Will you be making use of the new ship visual slots in Star Trek Online? And what will you be using? And lastly, what impact do you think lore had on Data after the TNG episode, Data Lore?
1: First up, our favorite Galaxy Quest quotes. David S. commented on PriorityOnePodcast.com. Assuming I am not allowed to put quotation marks around the entire movie, my favorite quote is Alan Rickman's line, "'You broke the ship! You broke the bloody ship!'
4: Lauren also commented. Probably the line that always makes me lol is, "Let's get out of here before one of those things kills Guy."
5: Tapman commented, "By Grefthar's hammer, what a savings! Just marvel at that delivery. Oh, it's perfect. That uh,
3: come on, that movie is just—it's awesome. Yep, amazing. It it really is. Just it it, it should be part of Trek lore.
5: I wanted to be a to, documentary. I wanted to cosplay the. What's the girl's character
1: again? Tawny (laughs) Madison.
3: Actually, I think Cosplay Sky has the... That would
1: be awesome. I would love that. To do that.
3: Has the Galaxy Quest. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Cosplay Sky has a Galaxy Quest cosplay. Regarding the new ship visual slots in Star Trek Online, our science advisor, Dr. Robert Hurt, sent us an email. He writes, The new visual slot seems like an excellent addition for many players. And note that it was probably a low-hanging fruit addition that didn't take much dev time away from some of the larger, more serious issues. The area where I think I will use the new visual slots most is with event and lockbox ships that come with only one or two available skins. Having the option to swap in a nice variant skin from a space shield will make it very tempting to vary their looks using sets that normally I would never fly with.
4: Ravra commented in the blog post for episode two hundred and sixty five. I have no interest in engine, deflector, or shield visuals, as I always like to run my ships as factory spec as possible. So always turn them off. I would, however, be so very excited if they ever reintroduced or introduced the ability to colourise weapons so they can all look the same. I want that. Be pretty.
1: Yeah, I need my I need my weapons to be the same colour. I'm sure I've ranted about that in a previous episode.
5: And finally, regarding Lore's impact on Data in The Next Generation, Tyler Maxwell replied to our forum post, As far as how Lore impacted Data following this episode, I think it comes down to how Data views his own mortality. Before this episode, Data hadn't really faced anything that could be considered evil, and while it's arguable whether Data at this point had what people might call a conscience— This alternate view of what data could potentially be presents some interesting challenges and
1: questions for him. Well, that wraps up episode 266 of Priority One Podcast. But before we go, here's a reminder of this week's community questions. What would you like to see as the second series in an anthology-type Star Trek show? How would you like to see Star Trek Online be represented on screen or have it influenced by the series? And from our on-screen segment, do you think Angel 1 had too many stories going on? And what were the Romulans doing in the neutral zone?
3: Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or tweet us via at PriorityOnePod. You can even leave us a voicemail via SpeakPipe for free. Just click on the widget on our homepage.
1: Don't miss a thing from the world of Star Trek. Catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your podcast catchers to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. And if you have a few spare minutes, please nominate us for the People's Choice Podcast Awards. You can find more information at podcastawards.com. We already know that Priority One listeners are the best listeners, so help us get recognized by casting your vote. Don't forget to tune
3: into Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com. Covering the world of space sims including Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, Descent Underground, and many, many more. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is a reasonable choice.
1: Thanks to our graphic artists, Romulan Ale and Jason Smith. And if you enjoy our comics, the creator of our comic series, Jonathan Towery, can be commissioned at johntowery.com. Thanks to all our bloggers and their managing editor, Elle. To the writer of our skits, Jake Morgan. To our video editor, Jerry Tillman. And to consultant Midnight Shadow 7 of Sweet Media for supporting this show.
3: Thanks to our audio team led by Michael McDonald with assistance from Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan as Maria DePost, and Gavin Lawarn. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible.
1: Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up.
3: Ready weapons.
1: Engage. Engage.
3: Transfer complete. Intro in three, two... I have to burp. <laughs> so, Kenna, what's in store this week?
1: Well, this week we check out a few updates for both the Star Trek film and TV series. Oh, yeah.
3: Then we have nothing about Stow <laughs> news because Kenna didn't write no, anything. No,
1: I didn't write anything and, you know... Quite frankly, nothing happened. Um, let's see. I haven't played.
0: <laughs> there was a season eleven point five. Yeah,
1: it's only like the biggest news of the year so far.
0: so far, yeah.
3: Are you writing something now? Oh Okay, we got we got to make good radio. So, um, good radio. Um...
0: I can go back into the, the dark room again.
3: No, that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. You can you can have you can take a breather.
0: You can oh, have some phew. fresh air. Then we'll put so this is what again. people look like.
1: Okay, I'm ready now. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> it <is that>? was <laughs> like from from um,
3: uh, oh, crap. What the hell's the name uh, of not liar liar? Um, Bruce Almighty when he takes control of. Uh, <laughs> <Hura>. Yeah. <laughs> blah blah blah. Poo poo caca! Poo <laughs> poo <laughs>
1: <laughs> can i do can i can i do my bit now okay well this week we trek out a few updates for both the star trek film and tv series mark and i are looking at some of the new features of star trek online's season 11.5 launch in our on-screen segment cookie and elijah are reviewing record <laughs> i can't say it i actually can't say it <laughs> i forgot i wrote that <laughs> okay okay sorry <laughs> if i can manage to deliver this it will be a miracle
3: can we not say nipple is nipple i don't think that nipple can we just say can we change it to chest hair nipple no but the nipple nipple is 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 the the star of that episode nipple to me is like the word moist is to others
1: (laughs) that's why we have to say nipple it's going to elicit an emotional response what about the children that listen to the show Do no children listen to our show some, so some emotional children listen to our show. No, I
3: don't. Yeah, I know. That's kind of why I also want to change it from nipple because I don't want nipple. He 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 he, she's a nipple,
0: <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> and that is exactly how Kenna
1: is acting. <gasps> yeah, you see, ex- <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Sorry, cause it'll, I, I think we need to leave it in. No, okay. All right, Mikers
3: left please, just in areola case, just in case. Okay, boys.
1: if I can. I
3: this is Elijah. Trek it out, sync one.
1: This is Kenna. Torque it out, sync two.
3: Wreck it out, M3. Two.
1: Oh, that's me. Sorry. No, it's not. It's you.
3: Oh, it's me? Oh, crap.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, captains, welcome to STO News, where Mark and I look at the big news of the week. Do you know, I'm going to say Mark and Winters because you do weigh in a lot, you know. <laughs>
0: it's, it's all right. Um, Leave it like that if you want. <laughs> Okay. Whatever, I'll, I'll, okay, Whatever I'll, you I'll, want, I don't I'll, mind. It doesn't can, bother me. You
1: can just interject whenever you feel okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. First up, and <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> not with. <winning. laughs>
4: oh, this is going to be fun.
1: And I'd remind: uh, <sighs> this armor is part of a set with the week two and three reward. Revo- re- rewards sorry my Remind. lips are not working very well
4: including natural modifiers modifiers yes mm-hmm.
1: modifiers. modifiers
4: resolved an issue <laughs> that a was lover,
1: not a, I'm a mod- model lover not a modifier <laughs> a <bit of> balance. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's
1: not even funny no but please, please can me. I shut up let the man work <laughs> every <laughs> I'm going, week I'm going into the corner now
4: Resolved an issue that was preventing hemocyte leased weaponry from benefiting from any plus damage modifiers, including natural. I mean, I said a bad word. <laughs> also, damn- sound like Rosa on Monsters, Inc. there or something. <laughs> yep, you went to Disney reference, I've continued it. Where was I? the foundry new assets have been added uh, but as <coughs> flip
1: Do, you don't have to choke every time you talk about <laughs> the foundry Mark
4: no I think I'm coming down my cold I, oh dear I know, you know. <coughs> I need to ask before what is the last word in that sentence Nano Rymo.
1: national novel writing month
0: I am I'm impressed. <clears> I'm going
1: Not a freaking do You don't know what NaNo no. is. Uh, I I want to say it's October or November, NaNo and like everybody who likes to write stuff, it's like a the challenge to write a whole novel in a month.
4: Jeremy Randall at Porticus <laughs> All right. I'm
3: going to uh, we are ready. Right, okay. On screen in 3. <laughs> you really like saying
5: the red button. Is it moist? Can you do that again? I'm sorry. <laughs>
3: three, on screen in three two
5: hello captains i'm cookie i'm elijah what the hell <laughs> <laughs> Did you wait that long? you want me to you want to do it again oh is this me now back yeah and joining us okay can i still say it or do we have to start over
3: no you can keep okay. going
5: and joining us this week is Kenna. Hiya Welcome, folks. Kenna. <laughs> oh, I messed up. <laughs> oh. Damn it. I improved. Oh my god. Don't I know you went off up. script.
1: Threw me oh off. Oh my god. And joining Sit us. Sit back, we- folks.
3: It's
0: gonna be a long <laughs> one. <laughs>
1: oh my god. It's gonna be a bumpy ride. This
5: is also the first episode where Geordie LaForge takes command of the ship. This only happens one other time in the episode The Arsenal of Freedom. Leonard John
3: Cru-foot. Cru-foot? cro Okay. Crowfoot,
5: foot Cro-foot. Cru-foot. Cro-foot. cro Okay. Leonard John Croft, the main man. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> no. I tried to do it really is, uh, The main
1: man lead.
0: <laughs> okay. This is... No? Can I have feedbacks No. <laughs> <Ooh. laughs>
3: And here's a reminder of last week's community question. Z- and here's a reminder for last week's community questions. What's <laughs> your
5: awkward? Game. This is yeah. like what I do, huh? I don't do it right the first time, and then I really overdo it the second time.
3: Now you know how it feels. Yeah. Well, alrighty, captains. Alrighty. Oh, alrighty then. then. Well, captains, this is. This is the story of a girl. <laughs> this is and a drown story. the whole world. Okay. Well, captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming transmissions. Shit.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it's such a cluster mess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we hit stop uh, this and read it? This is the best episode know, ever, no, and the is, listeners love boop it. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo, bravo. That was good. That's
3: all
4: I have to (laughs) say. You think bloopers this week will be longer than the actual episode?
0: Al's going to like that blooper.
5: Uh, (laughs) Oh, my God.
3: Well, captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming transmissions.
5: I don't know why I keep saying transmissions. You're starting from the beginning? You already said that one. Good, though, didn't you?
3: I don't know why I keep saying transmission. Even... You're Let's
5: starting try. from the beginning?
1: You already said that one. Good, though, didn't you? Yay! Yay! Nice First recovery. Try. Assuming I am not allowed to put quotation marks. Mo- mo- That's.
3: That's an awesome <laughs> a mo- a quotation. Mo-
1: <laughs> Assuming I am not allowed to put quotation marks around the entire movie, my favorite quote is Alan Rickman's lime- <sighs> line. Not lime.
4: But they're like I'm
1: in the Assuming. Oh, <clears throat> sorry. Ta- tap, man. No, no, tap man commented. No, 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 Can I say that? No, say... No, no, no. Actually, it's
3: more. Like, oh man, I don't have my tap shoes. <laughs> uh, I have tap I don't know why I would even say that, as if though, like as you as were going to get up like and, it and do it it's not you as if today. As though today, of all days, I accidentally left my tap shoes at home because I, I usually keep them in my office. Yeah I do have pr- you
1: probably keep them in your purse so that you always have them with you. Oh. In your purse. <laughs> 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 oh.
3: They're actually in my trunk. Okay. <laughs> the
1: oh, there is junk them? in your trunk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm ready. Sorry.
3: Oh, Lord. Thanks to our audio team led by Michael McDonald with assistance from Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan, as Maria De Post and Gavin LaWarn. Wait, I did it again, didn't I? Did I say it right this time? No. Warn.
1: La-warn. like LaWarn, La-warn. like, La-warn. give me a yeah. LaWarning, you know? <laughs>
3: it's, uh, can we, can we phonetically do it? <laughs>
1: if you want. Why don't you, why don't you just ask him to change his surname? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be easy, too.
3: <laughs> Listen. Nobody ever gets my. No, I I said it right. La oh, warn. La I said it right. More or less. LaWarn. Yeah, That's we're saying. Say- La warn. Warn. Like warning.
1: Yeah, like a warning. Warn. Oh, all right. uh, I'll, also, probably it's because you're pronouncing the r too harshly because you're American. In, with man, the british you accent just, you kind of yeah. no. no, 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 no. Just, i mean that as an explanation man. like i'm ex- i'm explaining it because the r in in british is very soft it's almost like um Parker. Uh, 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 yeah it's almost <laughs> like a speech impediment but not la Le- 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 warne it's like a an, as opposed to Le warne or okay. the let's see
3: Thanks to our audio team, led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan what? as Maria de Post, and Gavin Lawan.
1: <laughs> what? that's so. Okay, that was a five. Thanks to
3: the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Most importantly, a big thanks to you.
2: <laughs>
3: from the top. Thanks to our. What? From the top.
1: Take it from the top.
3: Jake Morgan as Maria DePost and Gavin Lawarn.
1: Nipples.
3: Thanks to our composer. Oh, man.
1: (laughs) Nipple.